Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. I think I'll go just, if y'all don't mind, I think I'll just go to like a, a New King James Version, 1 Timothy 4, okay? Verse 12, we'll get there in a minute. I'm just going to uh, share off the cuff with you tonight, okay? Is that good? All right. So, uh, the church is normally a place where Christians come to be encouraged, where believers come to, to uh, you know, get prayer, get counsel, get teaching. Sitting in church, if you, if you will come to church for the next 20, 30, or 40 years. So if you will come to church consistently, now that doesn't mean that you have to do it legalistically, but it does mean that you don't begin to make excuses because they will snowball on you and you'll just end up looking behind and you'll, you'll, you know, over the last year you will have only went to church four or five times. The next year, three or four. The next year you didn't go but once or twice. That's the way life snowballs on you. It just kind of just gets cloudy after a while. But if you will be a consistent churchgoer, okay, someone who attends church for the next 20, 30, or 40 years, then you will find that you will be, you know, a, a leagues ahead of where you would have been and other people. There's something about sitting under the word of God and, and, and entering into the worship of God on a consistent basis that changes us little by little. It just, it just, it just rubs off on us little by little and it changes our life. It changes our perspective. It speaks to us about things before we encounter them. God preempts things in our life. And so when we get to that juncture or we get to that, that hurdle, we, we really do have an answer for it. We really do have a better attitude. And so let me encourage you to, to, to come to church, to be an encouragement. That's what the Bible says. Hebrews 13 verse 17. Uh, uh, you know, um, no, that's, that's, that's not the right one. It's Hebrews something. Okay. 10 something. I think forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another. That means encouraging one another, even so much more. That's why we assemble together is to be an encouragement to one another. Because let me tell you something, life is hard. Have y'all noticed that? Have you, a couple times, Marion? Yeah, life is hard. It is. Life is tough. And the devil throws things at you and life throws things at you. Age throws things at you, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> there's a, there's a restaurant in, in, in up in, uh, Missouri where they'll throw rolls at you, but, uh, <laughs> I like that better, but life is hard, but let me tell you who it's the toughest on life is toughest on the Christian life is hardest on the Christian. I know we have faith and I know that we walk through, you know, a, a fire and we're not burned and, you know, and, and, you know, I, I, I understand all that, but let me tell you, there is so much more expected of you than there is someone else. I mean, you let someone else go out and get drunk, who cares? But you let a Christian go out and get drunk. 
You let someone else, you know, have something fall on their toe and they say a cuss word, who cares? But you let a Christian, you, if, if, if you're a Christian and you're in the workplace and you said a cuss word, <gasps> come on now. We are judged not only by ourselves immediately when we do something we shouldn't do, but we are also judged by everyone else. That's what the apostle Paul said. He said, man, I tell you what, it is tough out here, okay? It's difficult because we are not of the world, but we are in the world and, and we are working on changing our habits and changing our, you know, we, we, we are working on ourselves, but more than any other group of people on the earth, Christians need encouragement. More than anybody else. Because we find ourselves going through some difficulties at times that just don't match our theology and hardships and heartbreaks. And, 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 and we have the answers at times, but it just it doesn't seem like it's, you know, it, it, it's unfolding. And sometimes it can be really difficult. It's, it's, it, it's hard. More than anybody else, I believe Christians need an example. Need encouragement. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to Timothy. Now, Timothy, he was half Jew, half Greek. His daddy was Greek. His mother was Jew. His grandmother was a Jew. His mother and his grandmother raised this young man in a home that prayed. No indication that daddy did. Okay? In fact, we imagine that his dad was, was, you know, either absent or was, uh, or it'd been better if he was. I don't know how else to say that. Okay. You got it. Okay. Thank you. And so Timothy raised by this mother and grandmother who prayed, he kind of, uh, was nurtured by them and became strong, uh, you know, in, in his own right. And so when the apostle Paul came by on a missionary journey and stopped at their town and went to their house, mother and grandmother said, listen, we have an idea. Why don't you take our young man, Timothy, with you on your journey? I'm sure he can help you. He can carry your bags. He can help you with other things. But also they knew that Paul was going to help him with a life perspective, a life change. It was not known whether young Timothy would be a preacher or whether he would be, a, you know, a, 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 probably not a truck driver in that day, but whatever, you know, uh, whatever. It was not known what call God had on his life. But, you know, no matter what call God has on your life, you know, a school teacher, uh, you know, um, um, policeman, whatever, we need to be raised in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. We need to know who we are in Christ. And we, as believers, need to have a firm foundation in the word of God. And so it was great for Timothy to begin to accompany and begin to uh, 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 be taught by and discipled by the Apostle Paul. And so that was ongoing. The Apostle Paul said, great, come along with me. So he took Timothy with him and, and they went you know, on this journey. They walked across what is now Turkey. 
They walked, you know, through the regions of Galatia and they went, went to, uh, you know, uh, near Istanbul, just south of Istanbul. And they went to Troas and they, they went, you know, uh, to Ephesus and uh, all, all these places. And, and uh, Timothy was really enjoying it. And then they went over to Greece and they went to Corinth and went to Thessalonica, you know. And I mean, Timothy was just learning all the time. And so Timothy finds himself back in Ephesus. And the apostle Paul is in Rome. Now, Ephesus was the most demonic city in all of the Roman Empire. Last night, I was sharing with the youth interns this message. And I just shared it off my heart and just just open, just like I, um, and I had something else to share tonight, but I just felt again, this must be an impression of the Lord because last night he impressed me to share it right off the cuff. And here I am impressed to share it again. Okay. So it must be a word for this season. So here, Timothy is in Ephesus. It is the most demonic city in the Roman empire. In fact, in 750 BC, there was a temple to a, to a goddess that was built there in Ephesus and they worshiped her for 750 years before Christ. And then now for another 50 years after Christ. So here we are, 800 years they've been worshiping this false god. And there were exorcists, traveling bands of exorcists that would travel around and cast demons and ca cast demons out of people and put spells on people and, and, and make up potions and, and you know, uh, whole seances and, 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 and consult with the dead. All this right there in Ephesus. It was, it was really, 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 really bad. Okay? And so, Timothy, this young man, finds himself in Ephesus in the middle of all of that horrible spiritual activity. And I'm certain that it was hard and difficult to be a Christian in the middle of all that worldliness and all that ungodliness. It was a major port city for the Roman Empire that, that stretched out into all of Eurasia, what is now Turkey and all uh, throughout that area, Syria and, and, and on Iraq, Iran. So it was a place where, where, where the Roman army trained as well. They have, uh, in fact, if you go there now, I've been there, some of you have been there with me, uh, it, and, 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 and you can see the huge uh, uh, um, gyms, gymnasiums that they had for the military there and, and how, just the ruins of them and, and how they trained the military and sent them out from there. And, it was, and so here Timothy was in the middle of this huge group of macho men, this huge group of new recruits of, of, of Roman soldiers, this huge group of, of, of you know, uh, 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 spiritual, you know, demonically inspired spiritualist. And here he is, a Christian. And he's pastoring a church. So the Apostle Paul writes to him in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 12. The Apostle Paul says this to him. He's saying, Timothy, listen, let no man despise your youth or make light of how young you are. Don't let anybody tell you that because you are young 
and because you're younger than them and because you're inexperienced and because they're more worldly and they have more experience or they're older, don't let anyone tell you that because you're young, you don't know what you're talking about because that's not the truth. And this is what the apostle Paul is saying. It's so important, Timothy, that you not let anyone tell you that you do not know what you're talking about. This morning, I was texting back and forth with my son, Ashley, who uh, was witnessing to uh, um, two men in England. And they were laying out to him all the reasons why their religion was right and, and when, why they thought, what, what they thought was right. And, and then one other one was an atheist and he was telling him why there wasn't a God and all that. And, and, and so Ashley is there witnessing to these uh, people from different religions and, and different backgrounds and atheists. And he's there, uh, you know, in, in encouraging them to believe in God and trust in God. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, he, he really turned the table. It, it's amazing. I mean, there, one, one guy, the atheist, went home to pray. Prayed and asked God just to, you know, Jesus, if you're real, just show yourself to me. That's what the atheist prayed today, okay? The Muslim asked him uh, to get a book for him so that he could read more about this because it, 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 it was absolutely confusing. But one of the things that Ashley said at the end of our text as we were texting back and forth all about it, he said, listen, Daddy, thank you so much for all of the conversations that we had through life and all of the debates we had in life that you kept me grounded and founded to know what I believe so that my faith cannot be shaken. Thank you for the encouragement. Thank you for telling me, you know, and, 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 and for letting me, you know, uh, dig deep in my life so that I know what I know. I know whom, in, in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Thank you for letting me know that, that God will show himself to others. You know, uh, he's just not confused about who God is, who Jesus is. He refuses to be confused by anybody else. Timothy was that way. Timothy just refused to be confused. And that's what the Apostle Paul told him. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're younger, you're inexperienced. And I will tell you, this is a word for you today. It was a word for our youth last night. Don't let anyone tell you that because you're 15 or 14 or, or, or 17, don't let anyone tell you that you don't know what you're talking about. Because when you have Jesus Christ in your life, when you are born again, when you have been raised in this word of truth, whenever you, you have embraced the living Savior, you know what you're talking about if you're 10 years old. Yeah. Let no man despise your youth. But here's what the Apostle Paul said to him. But rather, Timothy, young man, be an example. Be an example? Hmm. Be an example to the lost? No. Be an example to who? To the believers. Whoa, hold on. Now this was Paul's message to this young man living in the midst of that horrible world situation, living in the midst of all of that demonic activity, living in the midst of all that macho Roman soldiering, living in the midst of all of that, you know, the, 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 the port city and all the trade that's coming through and all the multiple uh, cultures and, and customs and all the laws and all, you know, all the religions. He said, Timothy, I want you to be an example to Christians. 
An example, this word believers, to the believers, uh, the, the Greek word for the word faith is pistos. This particular Greek word is a derivative of the word faith. It means those who have faith. It is the Greek word pistos. Be an example, Timothy. And what I need you to do because you know who you are, because you, you've, you've, you've heard the word and you've been, you've, 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 you've been in Christ, I want you to be an example to believers because Christians more than anybody else need encouragement. Christians more than anybody else need an example in their life because when Christians come up against a hurdle or they come up against a battle or they come up against a frustration and irritation and aggravation, more than anything else, the prisoners are listening to someone who says they are a Christian. When you encounter difficulty, when you encounter financial difficulty, stress, strain, when you encounter relationship difficulties, when you encounter marriage problems, whenever you encounter financial problems, whenever you encounter health problems, let me tell you, the prisoners are listening. That's what happened whenever in Acts 16, whenever um, Paul and Silas were thrown into jail, the Bible says all the prisoners, all the people in the jail were listening. They were watching. Because all of a sudden, Paul and Silas were in the same place they were in. When you get in a place, let me tell you, being an example is wonderful. But most often, the people who need the most encouragement in life are Christians. He said, Timothy, I want you to be an example to believers. Number one, in word. Number one, in how you talk, what you say, your general conversation of life. I had a friend who's passed away now. I went to school with him. We went to a real small school so everybody knew everybody. Brenda had a best friend named Ruby. This guy's name was Hugh. Hugh married Brenda's best friend, Ruby. Hugh and Ruby... We're like everybody else in town, okay? Ruby was sweeter than most people, but Hugh, you know, he did what all country boys do. And he was rough, real rough. And he was physical. And things didn't go well in their family. And he had him a good job at Lone Star Steel Mill. And he worked over there and he worked hard and he made good money and he worked swing shift and night shift and day shift and weekends and worked and worked and worked hard work. But he was a, he was a good sized boy. He was a big old boy and he, man, he worked hard and you didn't mess, you did not, nobody messed with Hugh. Hugh was tougher than nails, but he was, you know, a smiley, good old, good old boy, you know, just get along. But man, you know, he was rough and tough and they worked, you know, for maybe, maybe 10 years of their marriage and they had problem after problem after problem. You know, they separated two or three times, you know, they, 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 they lost a house or two and man, he loved Ruby, but you know, he just was not a good husband. Well, it came to the point to where Ruby finally told him for good she was leaving him. And she meant it. And it broke his heart. He went to work one night just at the bottom of his barrel working over there 
He'd been working there. It was one of the best jobs around. It paid, you know, at least twice as much, three times as much as anywhere else you could make in that day. No one, you know, everybody wanted to work there. It was hard work. It was dirty work, but it was good work. Paid great, great benefits. Well, he was down in the dumps and he was sad. He was working, but he just wasn't his usual happy self. And he wasn't doing a whole lot of work that night, just what normal people did. He normally did a lot more work than normal people. And his supervisor came up to him and said, Hugh, I've noticed that you're a little bit down tonight. He said, yeah, my wife's leaving me. Well, it happens. You'll get over it. Went on. Hugh worked. Sometime during that next week, Hugh was invited to go to church. He went to a little old church out of town, had about 25, 30 people in it. They were having a revival and Hugh got born again. I mean saved. I'm talking about gloriously saved. We're talking about saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost all in one package. We're talking about happy, glorious, as, 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 as saved as the Baptist can save you. Okay? <laughs> saved. I'm talking about full of grace and on your way to heaven saved. It changed his life. It gave him a new perspective on life. I mean, in one fell swoop, he stopped his drinking, his running around, his cussing. He stopped his, his, his uh, you know, attitude. He stopped everything and he just absolutely just, just stepped into a new life. He was so happy at the prospect of all that God could do for him and all that God would do for him. And he just absolutely got religion there and went back the next night. And, and, and then after his days off, it was time for him to go back to work. And he went back to work and, and he was working just so happy and going around just just, you know, just, you know, encouraging people and doing everything at work. And his supervisor came up to him and said, Hugh, I noticed there's a big change in your life. Hugh said, yeah, let me tell you about it. I got born again. Jesus came into my heart and life and saved my soul. His supervisor said, well, well, that's, that's great, Hugh. Uh, I'm, I'm also a Christian. I, I, I'm, I've been saved for about 20 years. Wrong answer. You looked at him, said, you're a Christian? The guy said, yeah, I'm a Christian. I've been saved. I, I go to church every Sunday. Big old boy that Hugh was, he got his supervisor by the shirt, he, by the shirt collar. He wasn't that saved yet, okay? <laughs> and he picked up his supervisor and he ran and he hit him against a wall and he just shook him. And he said, how dare you? How dare you? You've watched me go through hell. You've watched me fight with my family and lose everything I've had. You've watched me go through hell and you were a Christian and you never told me about Jesus. I quit. You quit right there. Walked off the job. Became a preacher. <laughs> yeah. yeah, praise God. Preached in pastored churches and, you know, we, we, we were friends and just had a wonderful time. You know, uh, love to hear you tell that story. You know, <laughs> boy, he could tell it good. 
And then uh, uh, through the process of time, the Lord called him home. But when he called him home, he was right with God and right with his family. And yeah. he and Ruby were, yeah. were on, on fire. She was one fine pastor's wife. Wow. God's good. But you know, your daily general conversation of life in the workplace should tell others that you're a Christian. But even though the lost desperately need to be saved, many times it's the saved like that supervisor that you may be working around every day. You may be going to school with them. You may be on the job with them. You may be, you know, interacting with them in the stores you go to. And you may never know that they're a Christian because they don't feel like they can let their light shine. As soon as they let their light shine, they're going to be condemned or criticized or look different. There's a reason why, you know, the largest army that God has, you don't even see them in church these days. They're out here in the highways and the byways. They're hiding out. They're secret agent Christians. They're undercover Christians. But you're around them all the time. And what they need is encouragement. They need their light to shine. They need encouragement because Christians more than anybody else are looked down upon in that culture. You're, you're, you're expected to have a whole different way of life. That's why the apostle Paul said, Timothy, don't let anybody look down on your age or stage of life, but be an example in word in your daily conversation. Number two, be an example in your conduct. In what you do every day, not just in what you say. Be an example in word, be an example in conduct. An example to who? An example to the Christians. Because we need to light the fires of, of Christians that are out here in daily life that have forgotten what it was like to be on fire, that have forgotten what it's like to be thrilled about being born again, that have forgotten what it's like, that have let their lamps go out, that, 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 that have just sitting around and, and not wanting to let anybody else know they're a Christian. We need to make sure that we are being an example. We need to make sure that we are watching what we say and, and watching how we act because how we act and what we say makes a difference to other Christians who are around us. And how we love. Be an example to other Christians in how you love. That's what he said to Timothy. You're in a, you're, you're in a dark place, Timothy. Here's where you are. We are in a dark world. And we need more soldiers on fire for Christ. Okay? Now get people born again by all means. But also encourage those who are born again. To let their lives shine. And how do you encourage them? Uh, by, by what you say and by, by how you act and by how you love. How they see you loving. How they see you forgiving others. How they see you loving others. Loving people who don't like you and loving people who, who are not like you. How they see you. You can be an encouragement and they can aspire to that. How many times will people want to, want to be more like you if you were more like Christ? And spirit, be an example to the believers in spirit. We're going to call that attitude. Attitude. <laughs> yeah, sure, we want the lost to know we're Christians. But you know, we need to let the Christians know we're Christians. 
We let the, need to let the Christians see us as an example in how we manage our life and we don't get bad attitudes and we don't, we don't get to the place where we're unthankful. We don't get to the place where we're ungrateful. Is, is this okay? Is this good stuff? I think it might have, uh, the youth might have enjoyed it more than what you are. You're old. In faith. In word, in conduct, in love. So important. In spirit and in faith. We need to be an example to other believers in how we live for Christ. Our faith in what we believe, in what we trust in, in how we know where we are going. I don't know that Timothy, just getting born again and not having that experience of having the Apostle Paul to encourage him as he did for those years, I don't know that Timothy could have accomplished all that we know that he did in Ephesus. We are told that Timothy, he must have been a real encouragement to Christians because we're told that the church in Ephesus grew under Timothy's leadership to the largest church at that time in all of Christendom. Some people imagine, well, anywhere, that, uh, the scholars believe anywhere from 15 to 65,000 people in the church in Ephesus. In the, in the 50s and 60s. Isn't that amazing? In the, in the greatest demonic stronghold in the whole Roman Empire. Timothy must have had a lot of soldiers for Christ. He must have been encouraging his congregation and encouraging others. Because the, the Apostle Paul wrote to him and said, Timothy, I want you to do this. I want you to focus on this. If you'll just focus, Timothy, okay? Some people are real soul winners, and everybody should win people to Christ. Everybody should witness. But Timothy, here's what I want you to do. I want you to focus on being an encouragement to believers. It's a part of my calling. I, I, I make disciples. That's what I'm called to do. I teach. That's, that's my highest calling in life is to find believers and encourage them to do better. Give them the tools to do better. You know? okay. And, you know, I witness and I lead people to Christ, but my, my greatest calling is to encourage believers. Watch your general conversation of life. It can encourage or discourage believers. Watch your conduct, what you do, what you allow yourself to do, and, you know, especially around believers, manage your life. In love, in how you love. Love is the measure of God in you. It's not the measure of God in the person you're loving. Okay? Love does, love does not say, I, I love you, is, does not equal, I agree with you. I love you does not even mean I like you. Okay? But it is the care of God in our life that, that, that we don't have to like what someone is doing to love them. We don't have to know them. We don't have to agree with them. We are called to love our enemies. 
and how we can love our enemies in the face of other believers will encourage them to love their enemies as well. And when they do, they will be more blessed by God, have more peace in their life, more joy in their life, less turmoil, less aggravation, and it will help them with their attitudes. Spirit. When you start letting God love through you and you release other people from having to please you in order to be loved by you. When, when people don't have to please you and yet you'll still serve them. You'll still care about their souls. You'll still pray for them. And they, they don't have to like you. you know, that helps your attitude. And you know, my mama was this way. If, if anybody ever said anything bad about somebody else, my mama would say something good about them. And I can tell you the times that I would say something and she would say something nice and, and it would just make me want to be better. I'd just go, ooh, you know, I shouldn't be that way. It was an encouragement to me. General conversation of life, general conduct of life, in, 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 in how you love others, in your attitude, in your faith, always trusting God, always trusting God. And the last thing that Timothy heard from the Apostle Paul about being an encouragement to the believers was impurity. Impurity. Impurity of heart, purity of mind. That we embrace a moral lifestyle obligated to God so that we can be an encouragement to other Christians because the Bible says we strengthen one another to the point to where one of us could put a thousand to flight, two of us can handle 10,000 enemies. And three of us together would create a bond that could not be broken, a wall that could not be broken through. You see, we encourage one another and we strengthen one another exponentially. Psalms 133, the psalmist David wrote this. Oh, how good and how perfect it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment on the head of Aaron that ran down his beard to the skirts of his garment. It is like the dew on the mountains of Hermon that descend upon the mountains of Zion. For there is where the Lord has commanded his blessings. All the way up to and including eternal life. Wow. Where? When we are together, when we are strengthened together, when we are together, when we are in unity, that's where the blessings are. That's where the peace and the joy is. So let me tonight give you a word that I believe is a word in season. You know, if you had uh, youth in the intern program last night, you, you know, they heard this. Okay. And, and I'm certain that it will be repeated that don't let anybody look down on you to say that you don't know what you're talking about. That's not the truth. You be founded and grounded and rooted in Christ and in the word of God. Don't be confused. And you be an example. 
find another believer somewhere at work or at, you know, at school or somewhere. Find more believers and become an encouragement to them. And as your light shines and their light shines, when you shine your lights together, you will find that that light will reach not only in, a, uh, in, in your circle of influence, but around the world. That's what Paul told Timothy. He went on to say in the next verse, and do not neglect, well, give yourself to reading and exhortation. Okay, you know, how am I going to be an encouragement to others? Well, I need to read the word of God. I need to give myself to reading the word and to encourage you. Exhortation, that means to take the word and tell others about the word. Talking the word with others all the time. Exhortation, okay? I need to exhort others with the word. And do not neglect the gift that was given you. In that case, the Apostle Paul prayed for him that God would, would release gifts into his life. Don't neglect your gift, the gift you are to the body of Christ. Yeah. There's something you can do that you're made to do better than anybody else around. You can do it easy and naturally. Okay, Don't neglect it. Fill yourself with the word of God. Encourage and exhort others and be an example to the believers. Okay? All right. Let me, let me just encourage you. Be encouraged, okay?